Uh, well, speaking of level. entertainment, speaking of an entertaining fella in the world of sports media who used to be a player, one of your favorites is Mike Johnson, TSN hockey analyst, is on Leafs lunch, I believe. Hi, Mike. <laughs> What's going on, Maddie? Uh, I appreciate you not even trying to draw an even ever so slight comparison <laughs> in me and Charles Barkley because that would be ridiculous. Now, I could be I could be the Kenny Smith of the <laughs> of the panel. That seems a little bit more appropriate. Someone's bringing a little little rationality to the group. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Yeah, no, I that mean, works. Yeah. Outside of, you know, you both play pro sports and now you're both on TV, there's not a whole lot. To, Wait, hold on, Mike. Did, you, can bring did you ever throw a fan through a, through a window at a bar once? Not that was reported. Okay. No. <laughs> okay, so you then, you, sir, are not Charles Barkley. Breaking yeah. news. Uh, we're chatting with Mike Johnson, TSN hockey analyst, who's down in uh, Florida for the All-Star Game. You know, what, what were the highlights for you this weekend? What did you, uh, you enjoy while you were there? So, I mean, I think there's really kind of two overriding storylines that were nice and, and kind of the sentiment for the weekend. One was, and this is really important almost, was the appreciation for Sid and Ovi. And it was from start to finish, whether it was the media, the league, maybe most importantly, maybe the other players talked, every one of them, what do you want to see here? What do you have to experience? What are you excited to do? And almost without fail, they're all like, I, I want to get a picture with Sid Novi. I want to be with Sid Novi. I want to be in the room with Sid Novi. And I think it's amazing because they've been around so long that even a player like the Connor McDavid, Dreisaitl generation, those guys grew up idolizing Sid and Ovi. And then the younger ones, the Nick Robertsons, the, like those guys, you know, they watched their entire lives sit in Ovi, uh, as well as Connor and the rest. So I, I think um, given what those two have accomplished in their careers, what they've done for the NHL, it was, it was obvious that they were getting celebrated as they should be. You're not sure how many more times they'll be in an all-star game together, although they yeah. both clearly deserve to be there. This was not some sort of ceremonial appointment to the all-star <laughs> game. They both deserve to be there. So that was cool. Like, you know, Ovi, Ovi Jr., the rest of it, that was kind of a nice moment. And the other one was the Kachucks. Matthew specifically, but Brady, the family, uh, Matthew was, even though he's not the experienced Florida Panther, that would be Barkoff, but Matthew was like the designated host for the weekend. And um, he did not disappoint winning the MVP. And, um, but him and Brady were hilarious together. Walt was around. And uh, I thought it was nice to see a guy from the home team take on the responsibility of like, this is my show. I got to make it a good one. And then doing it. So, uh, those were kind of the two overriding things. The games were fun, like the three-on-three three day, fun, exciting, like crowd was into it. It was sold out. The all-star skill stuff, listen, I appreciate the efforts. It's not easy to do. Some of the stuff falls a little flatter than they want. Some of the stuff is a little bit more exciting. Um, it is what it is. It's probably not for 48-year-old former pro players. It's, you know, I'm not the target demographic. Um, young people and new fans and corporate sponsors, it's for them, and it seemed like everyone had a good time, and it, and maybe most importantly, none of the players got hurt. It wasn't too taxing, so they can all go back to start playing today. Well, here's the issue, though, Johnny. Like watching from afar, I mean, I'm I'm not a former 48 year old player. Like I'm a a 28 year old fan of the game, and I didn't enjoy it either. Like I thought mm-hmm. that the skills comp really lacked. The prepackaging of things to me is something that I I don't quite understand. Also, I, I don't know if the people in the building enjoy watching something on the jumbotron when. You know, you could have done that from the comfort of your own home. I mean, like, I, I just think that maybe, and next year it's going to be in Toronto. Like, do you think that they've got to figure out a way to maybe repackage how they go about the All-Star game or, or maybe more so the skills competition for next year? Yeah. So, I mean, I think you got to re- make sure you always have the tried and true, right? Give me fastest skater. Give me harder shooter. Give me accuracy challenge. Oh, and give on. me a breakaway <laughs> challenge, right? Like, give me those. 
But the, then, even those are issues, though. Like, I, I, Elias well, Pettersson coming away as the hardest shooter. Like, only one guy broke 100. That was kind of, like, underwhelming to me. So what do you want him to do about that? Learn how to shoot harder? Like, what, well, what do you want him to do? do like, the NBA, back, they can't go fast enough? Do what the NBA does. Like, the NBA has guys that just kind of go, and they'll just do... Oh, absolutely, Mike. I've been right. on board. Get the, get the sixth fastest skater in the league. Yes. Get the six hardest shooters in the league. I don't care if they can't play, if they're no good, if they're not all-stars. Just bring them down there to do it. I'm with you. That's a big change in philosophy, but I'm with you. That would be nice. The other issue is that, one, it's a three-hour window sold for television, right? So I think a lot of people would say, let's condense it to 90 minutes, make it faster moving, make it go quicker, mm. which would be more entertaining, but I think they make more money if they sell it for longer. And the prepackaged stuff, I'm, with, like, I'm in the building. I'm watching it on the Jumbotron. It's not very engaging, but they need time to flood. They flood twice to keep, mm. the, to keep the ice fresh. So, you know, what are you going to do during that 15-minute stretch? So at least they have something to put on. And funny enough for this one, the golf thing and the dunk tank thing were both pretty well received. Guys enjoyed doing them and kind of thought it was fun. So I'm with you. I think you could do 90 minutes. I want a permanent DJ playing the entire time or, or follow-up or whatever the hell you want to put on there for, uh, <laughs> for entertainment. But I guess it'll be Bieber next year. Like, have him just play, like, a 90-minute set while the guys are doing their thing. It would be so much livelier in person, but... Um, yeah, listen, smart people are trying to figure it out. They understand the challenges. Uh, the players are trying to do their best to embrace being entertaining and, and witty and funny and skillful and all the rest of it. Um, it's a challenge. Uh, and it wasn't as good as the Saturday festivities. The actual games, I thought the actual games were, were, were quite fine. I, you don't need to change anything about how those played out. Very simple. Next year, you're worried about the rinks, so you got to change the rinks over. you got one at Scotiabank Arena, and then you get another match going on on Lake Ontario. We'll have to sign some insurance forms, but that <laughs> that would be compelling TV. Uh, Michael, I, I want to sort of just kind of a weird question. It's not really about the All-Star game, but you're right about that maybe the coolest moment was Ovechkin and Crosby and just the appreciation of history or seeing them assisting one another on a goal. That was a cool moment. This is going to sound odd. How much better would the NHL be in terms of popularity or TV ratings? And this is not going to be fair to ask, but if Crosby and Ovechkin legitimately didn't like each other. If you remember back when they first were coming around, they didn't, yeah. they, they didn't and there was a couple little war of words between them. It was kind of tame. How much better would the NHL have been if we had, just say, a decade of legitimate sports hate between Crosby and Ovechkin? <laughs> It would have been compelling. I mean, the two best players on two of the best teams, not genuine dislike. But, like, make no mistake, the first five years of their careers, they didn't really have an affinity for each other. Oh, I They're, know. I remember. You know, it was a little spicy, as, as spicy as, you know, hockey gets. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I think they kind of got a taste of that, and I... You know, they're they're maturing. They're older. They got kids now. Like I don't know if it's not going to happen. It, that, it, but yeah, I, it would be better. Yes, like every good story is better when there are villains. When there's animosity, having a movie where everyone gets along and it ends happily is not a very interesting movie to watch over and over. Like there's got to be some drama involved, and maybe that would have been drama. But it was for a while uh, when they played against each other and the war of the words and sparring at the benches, and we loved it. We loved it. It was it was fantastic. Um, 
So yeah, it probably would be slightly better, but that's not uh, that's not the way it went down, and that's okay. It's an unfair ask. Okay, let's go to something a little bit more logical. I'll throw this out to you because this is a math question, and apparently all of Leafs lunch couldn't figure out Bo Horvat's uh, jersey number on Friday. No, mm-hmm. um, I'm a dummy. You're smart. You're good at math. I'm a caveman. Just give me one through eight in the playoffs. Crosby wants it. Bettman doesn't listen to anyone. He never listened to McDavid about the Olympics. But mm-hmm. can you sell? us on this just did you have the eighth best record great you're taking on the one seed and let's just go from there sure uh that would be interesting um you know it would, it would change the component complexion of the wild card races which is an issue and, and i guess i don't mind the idea that geographical divisional rivals have a better chance of playing than not and under the current system, they do. So I guess, like, I get it. Like, a lot of people are pushing one for eight. I actually see the merits in, in the way it is. So I'm not going to be the guy to convince you that one, one day it's obvious. It's easy to understand. It Thank makes, you. That's all I makes, need. It easy. makes sense. Right? But um, there is the idea, like, divisionals are staggered schedules. So, like, to have, what if one division is much lighter and then, you know, they, they have six teams coming from there, but the harder division gets two. Like, other sort of issues would crop up that people would complain about. Um, if it was just one straight through eight, or even more so if it was one through 16. Uh, and so I don't mind Edmonton and Calgary in the first round. I don't mind Tampa, Toronto, or Toronto, Florida, or Pittsburgh, Washington, or Rangers, Devils. Like those. No, no, hold on. We do have. like that. We do like right. that. I see what you're doing there. You're getting sneaky. But, but uh, I was told there was going to be no. I'm getting sneaky. I'm getting real. The reality, like. There's there's merits to your what you're saying, but because, uh, but there's also some things that are not as good, and I think there's merits to keeping the way it is, and maybe some things not as good as well. I think there's not a perfect system, but if you change it, there will be some unintended consequences that would have people like you saying, "Why is it one for eight? The Leafs are the <laughs> you're you know, damn right. I'm going to flip flop. It can't win, right? So that's the reality. I'm curious though, John, if you think because Crosby was pretty vocal about it, and he, he came out and he said mm-hmm. he would like the, the, to go back to the one v eight format. Do you think that that grabs the league's attention when it comes from a guy who's been the face of the league for the past fifteen plus years? Yep, it absolutely does. Listen, I had Gary Bettman on set with me this weekend, mm-hmm. and I asked him both those things. I said, "Listen, Commissioner, um, so I'm going to ask you a couple questions. Like for starters." I agree with the playoff format, but Sidney Crosby came out and said he'd prefer one for eight. There has been some noise about that with matchups. You know, how do you respond to the idea that maybe we should go one to eight? And he answered the question, and I agree with him. I also asked him, you know, Connor McDavid said he'd like to add more time to overtime. Yeah. And, I'm, and, I, and I agree with Connor. I, I disagree with the league that there should only be five. I think it'd be good to go eight, maybe max ten, and, 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 and have more games. Virtually every game would then end in overtime, not a shootout. So I asked him those things. He had good answers because he's a bright guy. and always has good answers. Um, but the fact that it's Crosby, the fact that it's McDavid, and they're having these conversations out loud at a forum like the All-Star Game does get the league's attention because it has to. I mean, you have to listen to when your best players are talking. In conversation with Mike Johnson, our TSN hockey analyst. Go ahead, Cos. Yeah, I was going to say first, what do you refer to him as? And I'm sorry that I, I call missed... him Gary. You, you know what? I call him Gary. Okay, it's good. Funny. I was going to say, I... you said commissioner. I was going to yeah. ask you, Mike, do you call him Gary? Do you call him commissioner? I, do you call I him the commission? And like, I, I, I'm not trying to be flippant. Like, I absolutely want to be respectful to him and, and, and his position and all the rest of it. And whatever you're supposed to call him, he told me to call him Gary. Okay. I know, like, our hosts and stuff call him the commissioner. I feel weird calling him commissioner, given that I played in the league. Like, I mean, you're not the president, like you, you know. 
you know, you're the commissioner, but you're, you're Gary Batman. So um, I don't, I don't, I want to be respectful, but I know him enough. I don't call him Mr. Batman or commissioner. I just, I call him Gary and he's okay with that. As long as you don't um, slip up. But I don't want to be disrespectful. I, right? I don't okay. call him Jerry. I don't say, what are your percentages? <laughs> um, he's, he, for all the hate or, you know, kind of the heat he receives, not hate, the heat. Um, he's actually a charming guy. He's very bright. Uh, and if you're an owner, he's done a pretty good job, you know, uh, it, the people he works for would probably be generally pretty pleased with what he's done in his tenure as the commissioner. Oh, God. Do we want to go down the rabbit hole of Gary as a commissioner? Do we want to move on from the past weekend? Well, we can move oh. on. But who does he work for, Cos? Who does he work for? He, he, works, yeah. he works for the owners um, at a time when, because of, of uh, PVRs and things like that, live sporting events is the number one thing that advertisers go for. Mm-hmm. So you could, put, uh, you could put my cup of tea as a commissioner, and not just of hockey, of any sport. It's not yeah. about Batman. And you're going to make billions and billions of dollars because ad revenue is always going to flow to Would you live be able sports. To get a salary cap and smush the P of the union while you're at it. Oh, you know what? I, I, 180 degrees. You know what, Mike? You're 100% right. Go back and look at Peter Forsberg's contract in 2004. He would be like the sixth highest paid player in 2023. Gary has done right by the owners. Here's where I do have it. We, we can move on in one second, but there's 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 <laughs> one other thing that's also, it's almost like the talk had two sides of their mouth. Because if, if it was to try and generate the most revenue possible, one of the things that's been tabled that has been kind of poo-pooed by Gary Bettman is changing the playoff format. And that's been a big conversation of late, too. You mean adding to the playoffs? Like yes. Adding to yeah. 10 v 10 teams? Right. right. Like the way that the NBA has done where they've added in this play-in round, this play-in series. Like that's added extra revenue that sure. every, the league well, make could make, but they're not make willing to do that. Teams. Make Make 32 teams. Let everyone go to the playoffs. Like how many is too many, Mike? Like, I, I mean, at some point, like, well, can we agree on this? Yeah. Can we agree on this? Do, does hockey have the best first round of all the, not football because it's a one-off, but of baseball, basketball, yes. hockey? Yes. Best first and second round is hockey. Yeah, but I, yes, but does that mean it's better? Like personally, I'd rather have a meh first round, but a ter- okay. like, I would rather it get better and better as it goes. And I feel like we don't see that in hockey like we do with all the other sports. Well, I mean, fair enough. But if you're talking about revenue, there's a lot more games going on in the first round that would drive revenue than having a more interesting final round. Uh, so it, 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 it's it's a challenge. I, I, I again, I'm not carrying water for the commissioner. These are my thoughts. Yeah. Mike, half, um, the, half the league makes the playoffs. That seems like a nice symmetrical round number. What? Okay, AB. So you finished seventh in the conference. You play ten. Let's say you have twenty-two more. Let's say like last year, right? Last year the seventh place team had what, one hundred and four points. The tenth place team had, I think, seventy-one. Let's say so. In that last year, whoever the I don't even know who it would have been, they play Ottawa. And they lose their two games. How are you feeling about that if you're a fan of the Boston Bruins team out of 107? Go you ask like that? You like that system? Go ask that any Leaf. Fair? Go ask any Leaf fan in the bubble season when they got eliminated by, call, uh, by let's, Columbus. Let's move on. That's that exactly a, what it was. Yeah, but that's, but that's not a normal year. That was a bubble year like a broken. Like, like, that's not a normal standard year. If I play and get 30 more points than someone, and then I go lose two out of three to them and I'm out, or one out of one, like, come on. You think there's an outrage now about having to play Tampa in the first round yeah. as opposed to whoever? It would be... A million times louder and a million times less fair. What's important? We're playing 82 games. That should be the most important thing, which is why you want once your rate to begin with. So you are talking out of both sides of your mouth because you want the once your rate to matter more, and yet you're going to diminish it by adding two extra teams. Again, I don't, I don't buy it. And if, and, and, and if there was a huge point discrepancy and it would be a very tight short series, and that team that was the better team in the regular season for six months 
lost because they had a bad four days, people would have every right to be a little bit ticked. You are 100% Mike Johnson. The only issue I take is you mentioned Boston as the example. If they lost in the first round like that, everyone up here would be thrilled to death. <laughs> um, well Mike, played. who um, um, do you... Who likes Bo Horvat's contract more, Mike Johnson or Lou Lamorello? Bo Horvat. <laughs> you went with C. You went. You went with the other option. I like that. Listen, um, I, I think I think I Lou and I are probably the same. Listen, I like it because I want. I like when players get paid. So I'm always happy when Bo Horvat has a career year at a time where he could cash in on that year, and he got paid not quite like he's a perennial 50 goal scorer because that would be 10 something million dollars, but he's getting paid like a guy who's going to get 35, 40 goals every year and a point a game every year. He's never done that. He's got more than 60 points once. I got more than 60 points once, right? Like, I mean, like this is, this, it's, he's not that kind of offensive player or hasn't been prior to this season. So there is the risk there of you're paying a guy to do something he's only done now. Will he do that going forward? I doubt it. Shooting percentages, the law of probability, and all the rest of it. Doesn't mean he's not a good player. Doesn't mean I don't want him. Doesn't mean I wouldn't pay him seven. But eight and a half, it's, it's probably a little too much and a little too long, just like Lou Hamarillo said. But I don't think you can make the trade without already knowing that you are going to be willing to pay the freight. Yeah. And I think, you know, and, like, you, can, you can be willing to pay it, even though while you acknowledge, hey, that's, that's more than I want to. It's probably more than he deserves. But that's the going rate. Because someone else this summer would have given him a pretty similar contract. So I get why they did it, but I also think, you know, if he settles into being a 25-goal, 60-point guy, is that guy worth $8 million, $8.5 million until he's 36? I don't know. Probably not, but that's what it's going to take to get him signed, so I get why they do it. But uh, I'm surprised Lou said it was too long or too much, but I probably agree with him. Yeah, I I think I would as well. Just why ultimately I think Vancouver decided they weren't going to get to that number and decided to move on and get uh, get assets for it. Uh, in conversation with Mike Johnson, our TSN hockey analyst, might as well get a Leafs question here at some point on Leafs lunch. Johnny, I know <laughs> they're not, well they're not playing for a week, so it makes sense. They're on their bye, uh, won't return till Friday. But like Johnny, what's what's a question that you still want answered down the stretch here in the final thirty games or by the deadline for the Maple Leafs? Um, I think a question that I would like answered that can't be answered will be what is the health situation for Matt Murray? Mm. Like, and and I, there's always a chance, right? Like every time we go to play, there's a chance you get hurt. But like, is there any sort of degree of confidence we could assign to him being healthy for, for you know the remainder of the year? Whatever's going on, groins, ankles, whatever it is, um, that that would be huge. Like, I, I don't know what else they can do, but I feel a lot better if there was a healthy version of Matt Murray available. to to work with Samson off down the stretch and into the playoffs. Um, so there's that. And then I guess what I want to be curious about before the deadline, Mike, is where, like, maybe they do both, but what do the Leafs prioritize? You and I have had this conversation. I think I was slightly early on the, I think they should prioritize a forward. You might have been, they should prioritize a defenseman. I don't know what they're going to do. Um, I'm curious to see which way they lean. I think they should and will lean forward as far as like going after a better, more significant player. Um, but that's something I'm curious to, to, to find the answer to. 
Well, a name that you brought up over the weekend uh, with Rupper, who also made some, <laughs> made some waves <laughs> in Lee. The real MVP. Oh, to, I was the real of, MVP. We'll get to those he, later. He, he made me read the tweet. He's like, shit. I'm like, well, <laughs> get, get ready for it if you do. Honestly, it was pure gold. We have the yeah. audio. We're going to play it in a little bit. Uh, so stay tuned because we're going to break that down because it was hilarious. Yeah. Um, but you guys were talking about Ivan Barbashev and why he might be the best fit for the Maple Leafs. I heard you brought him up before on first up. So Sell me as to why you think Ivan Barbashev should be uh, in one of the one of the main targets for the Maple Leafs here at the deadline. He has a well. One, he's a good player. He scored twenty six, I think, last year. He can, you know, he's kind of fast, physical winger. Not going to drive it on his own, but plays with other good players and can score. Sneaky physical, maybe not in the sort of traditional tough guy sense, but like plays a rugged game, strong on the board, gets it on the forecheck. Things you want to have happen. Like the player, obviously. Do I like Timo Meyer more? Of course I do. But then you look at cost of acquisition. He's going to be so much less than Tarasenko, than Patrick Kane, than Timo Meyer, the big, big guys to acquire. And maybe most importantly, I think he makes two and a half, which yeah. is peanuts at this point. You know, like they can completely afford to bring him in very easily, very quickly. So you put all those pieces together because while it's great to get Timo Meyer, and it would be because um, he's a better player. Like they just need it. I think they just want an upgrade of what they have available. And I think, Barbashev could be that. So to me, um, it would make sense. Now, the problem is it's going to make sense for a lot of other teams for all the reasons I just outlined. Um, but I think a guy like him, as opposed to going for like the biggest, biggest fish, like a slightly like a secondary but good player, might work for the Leafs. I think there's also another player they could package. Like last year they went after Gio and they mm-hmm. added Blackwell in there. You can kind mm-hmm. of kill two birds with one stone. The little cat, Nico Mikulo, has got nice physical defensemen. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can slide him into that deal. I, I wouldn't mind that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, a guy like that probably makes sense, too. Like Mikula, uh, Gavrikov. But there'll be suitors for those guys. But, you know, yeah. a, a bigger, steady Eddie, penalty killer, uh, physical kind of player. Um, yeah, and maybe that does make sense. You, you, and you start looking at teams like St. Louis, who I think, well, they're, they're going to be out of it in short order, I would imagine. And they have a GM that's going to be aggressive and, and, and make moves. So, yeah, I mean, I think um, that, that does make sense. I think that kind of defenseman and that kind of forward suits what I think the Leafs will end up doing and probably what they should do. Uh, but we'll see what Kyle Dubas thinks. Yep, I'm with you. I'm with you. We'll see. There's less than a month to the trade deadline. You and me together are thinking the same thing. I don't know. (sighs) I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if we're right. Less than a month till the deadline. Uh, Johnny, appreciate it as always, pal. We'll chat again next week. All right, guys and cause. Good to talk to you, buddy. Yes, miss you as well. All the best, sir. There he goes. Mike Johnson, our TSN hockey analyst.